0: Broadcasting live from the YMCA pool, this is The Monstrous Feminine, the podcast where horrible humans talk about horror. My name is Taya, and I'm joined by my gremlins,
1: Mila, Louisa, and Zeba.
0: And to celebrate the festive season, we're doing a few holiday specials. But before we get into it, go ahead and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, or the Apple Podcast app. You can find all of our links on our Instagram at The Monstrous Feminine Podcast.
1: To kick off December, we're covering the 1984 horror comedy Gremlins, directed by Joe Dante. In this film, a struggling inventor brings his son a mysterious pet called a Mogwai, home from Chinatown. At first, the Mogwai seems like the perfect family Christmas gift, cute and cuddly. However, they come to find that when the three rules of care are broken, no sunlight, no water, and no feeding past midnight, there are monstrous consequences for the family and the town. Has it got a name, Dad?
2: Yeah, Mogwai. What? Mogwai. I don't know, some Chinese word. I just call him gizmo. He seems to like it. You know what I just realized? Like, no sunlight, no water, no feeding past midnight. I was like, that's basically me when I'm, like, hermiting in my house during all of lockdown. (laughs) I was like, I "I am a mugwai. (laughs) I am a mugwai. (laughs) I was just going to say that when I was younger, I had, like, a deep-seated fear of Furbies and that this, like, kind Of triggered it watching this movie. At first, I was like, Oh, this is gonna be the scariest one of the month because <laughs> I was like, That's a
1: Furby, but it may make it quite cute. This is supposed to be a Furby parody, you no? Know? Like, I looked at them and I'm like, That's a Furby. Wait, is this pre Furby? No, Furbies are mad old.
0: Furbies are like vintage toys. They came out in 1998.
1: Really? Yeah. Say, <laughs> <laughs> but you said it so confidently. I thought you knew. I believed me too. I said, they i said those are antiques and now i feel old as hell because furbies are younger than i
0: they came out in 98 and gremlins came out in 84
1: wait okay so let's back all the way up then that means that the creators the creators of furbies made them look like that full well knowing the gremlins movie and that people could possibly associate them or was that an accident but they they should have called them gremlins slash mogwai, I know. They're definitely not supposed to be the gremlins. They're definitely their own thing. They just look a lot like the But there's
2: also a gizmo furby. There's a gizmo furby? Okay, there was there was they did threaten legal action.
1: Okay, okay. I thought they must have.
2: Yeah. Oh, because I was like, surely.
0: Well, they don't look as similar now that I'm looking at them.
2: Taya. This is like, oh, copy my homework, but change it up a little.
0: This is that. <laughs> this is unlike Furby. He has appendages and a mouth instead of a beak and a brown nose above its mouth and eyes which are different from a Furby's eyes and also doesn't have a tail or a mane.
1: Okay, are you speaking on behalf of the defense right now? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't feel like they actually look as similar as I thought they did because the, my entire life I thought they were the same thing. But now that I really look at it, they don't quite look the same. They are the same. The slogans that they used for Furby from from 1998 to 2001 was, let's have fun. 2005 to 2007, it was, "Your are friend. And then from 2012 to 2018, they use a mind of its own.
1: Ew, I hate that. <laughs> that one's haunting
0: the nsa of the u.s banned furbies from entering their property due to concerns that they could be used to record and repeat classified information
2: wow
3: for this month's switch of the week we are going to shout out the people you had the monstrous feminine as their top podcast in their spotify wrapped our first shout out goes to little Maricela. thank you so much for listening to us so much in the year that we were your top
1: podcast that's really special Thanks for letting us into your algorithm, into your subconscious. We hope you have a great 2022.
3: Friendly reminder that we're also on Patreon. For £1 a month, you gain access to our Discord. For £3 a month, you get to hear uncut discussions from our main episodes. And for £5 a month, you get all that plus a bonus episode. If you enjoy our podcast, please support us. Any contribution helps.
2: Link to Espionage for Furbies is interesting because this film is, to me, like fear of communism, and I will explain. Did you stretch before that reach?
1: <laughs> you know what? I believe you. I don't have a single bit of evidence.
2: Okay. First of all, first of all, Edward Said Orientalism. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> <It> says-
1: <laughs> I love this movie. Go on.
3: What did he say about this movie? I missed that part of his
2: work. Not that there's a direct link. I just thought what he says about how the West writes about like the East. I forgot about the Chinatown thing. Is very much like it's mysterious. We could never know it. It's also bad. It's the other. So this film opens with the dad traveling into Chinatown, going into the most like racist, stereotypical like China shop. I don't know, not where they sell China, but like Chinese shop where this like grandpa is sitting there and he's also like some sort of caricature figure and um, basically kind of steals this this Mogwai thing. I mean, he pays for it, but the grandpa doesn't want to sell it throughout the film there's like associations with like the gremlins with like war technology like that drunken guy who's literally like you can't trust foreigners you can't trust their technology they put gremlins in the cars they put it in your watch they do this and i was just like what do you want about so it's kind of to me a little bit like a fear of the arms race like fear of the
1: east fear of indirectly communism we don't even know where this thing comes from and they don't Tell you, like maybe they do in the later Gremlins movies, like get into the lore a bit, but all you know is that there's three things that you can't do. Like the science teacher is studying them for science. The Americans don't come off looking great because immediately they're like, oh, we can profit off of this. I think it might be a parody. Yeah. Again, there's just sort of like disruption
2: of the American nuclear family. Um, And there's this father who's trying to, like, get rich and be a great inventor. I think he symbolizes the American dream. You're a genius. (laughs) If the gremlins symbolize communism, first they invade your family. When the gremlins
1: symbolize
2: communism. And then they invade the town and there's, like, declare war. You know what I mean? Like, it extends outward. So who's Gizmo in that case? I haven't gotten there yet. We can debate. I'm going to read you the point that really hit it home for me. The end, where the father slash narrator is like, well, that's the story. So if your air conditioner goes on the fritz or your washing machine blows or your video recorder conks out before you call the repairman, turn on all the lights, check all the closets and cupboards, look under the beds because you can never tell. There might be a gremlin in your house. Red under the bed, Reds under the bed was like actual communist, like anti-communist propaganda.
3: In terms of the West not being ready to handle this responsibility of Gizmo, of this creature, do you think it's a parody of that like classic anti-communist war messaging? Or do you think it's an actual poignant commentary on Western values?
1: I don't know. Boo! (laughs) Well, the whole point was that, like, the grandpa comes back and is like, y'all are not responsible enough to have this kind of power. Maybe it's mocking the whole damn thing. Even when we're trying to make, like, anti-American content, it's still racist. Like, they still go to this, like, watered-down Chinatown stereotype type of situation. So, like, even though they can be self-critical, it's still gonna be... I'm, I'm not giving them so much credit that they have completely escaped all the propaganda that we have ever absorbed as Americans, especially in the eighties well now, but like in this instance, like eighties propaganda.
0: I don't know how I feel about that analysis. I definitely think it's creative. You sound like my essay marker
2: before they fucking mark me.
0: It seems more critical of the family and like their lack of paying attention to things attention to detail that could have prevented all of it from happening. And in terms of like the spread of communism, like checking your clock to make sure it hasn't been tampered with isn't necessarily, I guess, like a great metaphor. It feels like very high camp. So I think the entire time watching it, I just didn't really see like a ton of de- deeper meaning to it. And so it just felt like the quintessential 80s movie.
1: I watched this and it felt like it was something that I watched as a kid over and over. Like, I know I have, like, I know I haven't seen it. Maybe I have seen bits of it, like not the whole thing. It does also seem like something my dad would have been watching or forced me to watch to like scare me or some shit like that. But I watched this and I felt nostalgic about it for some reason. Like it, it just had, you're right, that like quintessential, I guess like 80s. Thing to it, but I also loved it. Like, I thought I wouldn't like it without the nostalgia factor. I'm like, this seems like something I would like if I watched it when I was younger, but then I watched it and I was like, oh no, I can add this to the mix. The campiness, I thought was so fun. I thought the gremlins were the protagonists. Like I was rooting against the humans. I don't know if that's how people are meant to, to watch it, but they, the gremlins died in such brutal ways that I was like, damn.
2: You messed up. You didn't listen to the three rules. You don't respect nature. It's about American complacency.
0: It was the one evil gremlin who initiated all. I love Stripe. I don't think you were supposed to.
1: I have no malicious feelings towards them. Even when they just started killing indiscriminately. I just thought the bar scene. The bar scene.
2: So funny to me. Like when she's like scrambling to light their cigarettes and pour
0: them drinks. This movie and like Men in Black heavily blended together for me and I don't know why.
1: I don't know if Men in Black uses puppets, but the the Gremlins are puppets. Like some of the puppetry is really impressive. The puppet tree. Is that a word? My college is known for churning out puppeteers. We have a whole puppetry program. Guys, guys.
2: You know, I just realized, gizmo is like another word for gadget. War technology. War technology. Cold yes, war Lisa, technology. Yes, right. You've really convinced me, and I don't- Thank you for coming to my TED talk.
3: I don't think it was intentional. But I think all 80s films, like whether they're comedy, action, they have this like undercurrent of that like, wartime paranoia. Anytime they want something to be funny or scary, it ends up being some kind of
1: racist caricature. I was just talking about this. It's the same thing with like post 9-11 comedy. There's this like common unifying thing of like, we all hate terrorists. And like, that's the joke over and over and over for like movies that came out in that era. It's hard to see when you're in it. So I could not say like in the era we're in now who the common enemy is that we're all safe to joke about. But like every era has this like thing that it just like for some reason, even though it is attacking an other it just gets a pass in comedy and i don't know why that is
0: you guys remember when like in the early 2000s like metrosexuality was a thing and it was just men who took showers
2: oh yeah you know what there's so much like about the guy who self like who grooms was like very much made fun of
1: i think i know what now's thing is and i tweeted about this a couple of days ago but i do think it's like white people but like poor white people are the target now trumpies as the others? No, not that that's the other, but that's who everyone is safe to like make jokes about. They're feared and it's safe to make jokes about them. And no one's gonna think you're unwoke for doing that. But I do think that like other poor white people get caught up in the mix of being made fun of Trumpies. And it's actually just like classists, Like it's just poor white people culture is the target. And we assume that all those people are like QAnon supporters.
0: In fairness, like a, a good amount of them are.
1: A good amount of them are, but I think that like in the moment, in the moment that we're in, we're like, yeah, that's a safe group to like make jokes about
0: all the time. I don't feel like poor white people necessarily like made fun of like with the exception of the show You, there hasn't really been like an anti vax plot. Like if anything, I would say the thing that people make fun of the most currently is like the sleazy male guy. That's a plot line that every TV show does.
1: But is that, is that new to this era? I feel like we've always done that.
0: Mm, I, I would say it's definitely came after Me Too. No, I
1: think people love to make fun of the straight white guy. In the mid 2000s, it was Russian jokes. Like, (laughs) Do you remember that era when it was just like weird, vague, like jokes about people who live in like rural parts of Russia? Am I, is this something that I remember, it was a very YouTube-y kind of comedy. I'm with you. I'm with you.
0: I I don't know. I don't think I'm following this. I don't feel like there's like a common thing of making fun of a specific group per time period. I don't know that I agree with that. I feel like there's stereotypes that carry over, but I don't know if that's a thing. I don't know. I feel like I'm not agreeing with the point
3: i feel like it it's something that makes sense
2: to me now but watching
3: it i'll never think about it again
2: okay so what do you guys think of this point the monstrous feminine so when the science teacher is examining the mogwai and he's like he says it's in the pupil stage and it's going through changes on the inside and the kid responds and says like my mother and i thought that that linked the monster right like this kind of mysterious object to like The abject female body in the sense that it's like the unknowable female body of like, oh, the changes that are going on on the inside. In the sense that like, you know, in Alien, when we talk about like house, it's sort of a commentary on controlling or like a metaphor for needing to control reproduction. I think one of the scariest things, and it's just like a common thread in sci-fi, right? One of the scariest things about these gremlin creatures is that they do reproduce like rapidly and uncontrollably. So I think you could apply a similar argument here. And it's interesting because, you know, abortion was legalized nationwide in nineteen seventy-three in the USA. And although the first IVF birth I think happened in nineteen seventy eight in the UK, I think the first like success in the USA was in nineteen eighty one. It's around this time. It's conceivable that there's some sort of like conservative reproductive metaphor within the Are the Gremlins
1: gendered or no?
2: I don't think that they're gendered i i viewed them as relatively gender neutral
1: my mom got me my very first bike had one of the gremlins on it but like not a cute one a bad one i don't know she like went to the bike store got me a bike and she was like i got you this bike because you're a gremlin haha ha, get it and i was like so mad because i'm like you bought me a boy bike like this just don't I have no basket it has no bell <laughs> like i was pissed to have that gremlin bike and then i didn't learn to ride like in protest It was the bar scene that really got me thinking, like, do these gremlins have chosen genders? Like, they looked at human society for 30 minutes and they were like, yeah, we could do this. They're like, we're going to be men. No, some of them were girls. (laughs) They are above us in their conception of gender. They read up on their Judith Butler. They were immediately born and figured that shit out.
2: The other thing I loved about it, which is just sort of general 80s, 70s film, technological horror, the fact that the gremlin appears on like tv and there's like in the end in the final showdown i don't know what it is same thing with the ring like i just love like the imagery of like media and horror like how they combine
0: it says that this movie was actually based on folklore of mischievous creatures the gremlin malfunctions in aircraft and other machinery
2: so there are even more links to war technology
0: Royal Dahl, the novelist, actually wrote about them quite a bit as well. Wasn't he very, like, anti-Jewish, though? I think he actually made some very anti-Semitic, like, public statements.
3: Oh, he, like, basically said Hitler had some points.
0: He actually initiated, like, all of this. They said he wrote the manuscript for the person who was the head of the British Information Service. They came up with the idea to send it to Walt Disney in 1942. Apparently he's the person who's credited for making gremlins known worldwide. And I guess he was in the British military at some point.
1: He was in the Air Force
0: or something like that. So that makes everything a bit different now.
1: We also don't know how much was changed between the story and the movie. Like the story was written in a very different time than the movie came out.
0: His original drawing looks like very anti-Semitic. I believe that. So now knowing that he's the person behind it, I definitely think like what you were saying makes more sense.
2: Yeah, but not of anti-communism, if they're continued Jewish caricatures. It's a specific other that then got adapted to the fears of the time that they were making the
0: film in. Yeah.
3: I think they've done a great job of like creating a, a monster, a
2: look that's not, not dodgy, you know? He looks like Yoda. Yeah. There's so much that you have to ignore when you're watching older films.
1: Like how the mom in Gremlins uses a butter knife to cut her onions. We don't do that shit no more. I don't know where they do that at. I was so distracted. A butter knife? How would that work? You'd have to be the fucking Hulk. (laughs) She was slicing and dicing.
2: Thank you for listening to The Monstrous Feminine. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, SoundCloud, and Spotify at The Monstrous Feminine Podcast. And on Twitter at The Mon Pod subscribe to our YouTube channel and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on TikTok at The Monstrous Feminine Pod. Brooms up, witches out.